0: Morelia Python Radio with your host Eric
1: Burke and
0: Owen McIntyre.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Morelia Python Radio. And tonight is just Owen and I uh, just hanging out. I mean, after last week's episode. Yeah. <laughs> My brain we needs to, a break. We need to dumb it down. We need, we need yeah. to dumb down the
2: show a little bit. So
1: we're going to talk yeah. about colors and what we like. And clouds. Yeah. yeah. Well, the one thing, the one reason is because in all the years that we've done this show, um, we've never had the anniversary of uh, Steve Irwin's death um, on the day we do the actual show. So, yeah, back in 2006, <sighs> 12 years ago. 12 years Holy shit, man that's crazy how fast time flies um yeah so i thought maybe we'd chat a little bit about that and just shoot the shit you know you know how it goes but um mm-hmm. what we were what we were talking about is if you didn't get a chance to listen to last week's episode and you're even you know remotely curious about genetics um yeah, you should listen to that one because I didn't. <laughs> I, I don't know about you, but I didn't listen back to it because what people don't understand is like when you have that many. Well, you'll understand this, Owen, because you've done this. But when you have that I've, many I've people been here, yes, <laughs> <laughs> you have that many people on the board. You know, you're muting people. You're in a chat. You're in the real chat. You're in the you know the chat with just me and you. There's a chat with me, you, and all the guests. And like right. trying to just make sure that it keeps rolling and you don't really take the time to listen. So, I mean, you're hearing it, but you're not, you're not, it's not sinking in, so to speak. So I got to go back and listen to that episode uh, for sure. But uh, really, really, I mean, I equate it to like, you know, like an all-star game in in baseball or something. I mean, we had some pretty, <laughs> pretty heavy hitters on that episode, man. So, um, yeah, it was good. What did you think of it? Did you listen back to it? Did you? Well, I, you probably- I I never
2: listened back. I don't want to hear us. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so,
1: well, we didn't really
2: talk, so that's the good no, thing. You're correct. I mean, that's um I, I I have not listened back to it. It would be one I would kind of want to listen back to because I'm still I I, I still looking like more and more that I'm probably gonna end up selling my really pretty. Uh, um, Het exanic or whatever we're going to call these now, um, tigers, like, as Het exanic tigers, and then everything else that is not, I'm just going to sell as a possible het. And I think that's where you have to go with this kind of stuff. Because um, I'd much rather have somebody buy a possible head and then it turn out to be a het, and be totally freaking surprised and happy, than for it to go the other way around. So, right. Um, basically, if it's got bright silver eyes, um, and exotic i'm going to call it a het if it doesn't at all i'm just going to call it a possible head. yeah so and it's just got to be where it's at so i might listen back just to kind of get you know to get myself in the right mind to be okay to sell these things so um other than that though dude it was a massive wealth of information and uh trying to explain this to uh certain people i met over the over weekend because i was talking with Brian Schaefer and Jason Balin over the weekend um right. and they were talking about the show so it, it's definitely one of those things that's uh uh it was a good episode to have to throw that information out there
1: yeah for sure you know and i guess you know that that uh, some of the stuff's up for debate you know i guess right uh, but but a lot of it i mean i find it funny that like I don't know. We're very science oriented people for the most part, maybe not all of us, but for the most part, <laughs> you're into this, you know, science fascinates you a little bit. And, you know, the thing with science is like sometimes people think that something's one way and then you learn more information that maybe wasn't available to you when you made your, you know, your hypothesis. And then now that you know, new information, you know, that could change, uh, and we're very reluctant to change. <laughs> I think the human being is just very reluctant to change, man. It just nobody likes don't, change. No, they don't. They don't. They don't. You know, you you've been saying something for so long, and you know, like the uh, the IJ Pop One thing, and it was weird because I never noticed, but I looked in the complete carpet python book, and that's how they're labeled as Pop One carpet pythons. <clears> you know, up. so I, I thought, was I like, you're going to say they were labeled as
2: IJ, so it was like, holy shit! No. All right.
1: No, 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 no. I mean, there, there's a little, there's a little, uh, you know, like a little paragraph in there that explains what, you know, how the hobby calls them IJs and how the real terminology is poplin carpets. Um,
2: you know, I'm redesigning
1: my website and it should
2: go live soon, I guess. I don't know. Okay. i Right. Given up. Um, but, um, <laughs> Sucks one when you're not in control, right? <laughs> I, so horrible. Um, I had a meeting. I had a meeting about it a few days ago, and we we're going over like terminologies and trying to explain science and morphology to somebody who is not at all scientifically minded. Like I was hitting my head against the wall. Um, and but one of the changes was it, I'm like I'm like everything has to say pop on carpet instead of Arian J. They're like, right. why? I'm like, it's a different, like the different, the terms are wrong. Everything's changing. We're going back to this. They're like, okay. And you wanted all the albino stuff, lumped under Darwin. I'm like, yes. They're like, and the albino pine snakes too. I'm like, no,
1: no. Why would no? It was like, <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, that's a different thing. What do you mean? It's a different thing. It's all albino. Yes, but it's a different. Yes, but like it's a white dog and a white wolf. Two different things. Like you know, no. So it was it, having to explain that. And I'm still not sure it's going to be right. So, um, but yeah.
0: Shit happens. Yeah,
1: that's cool. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we'll, we got to cut. And I just got a, a message in from Josh. Um, he was, well, he might be moving. So he was, oh. you know. Well, <laughs> that might be up your alley too, Owen. But uh, moving your collection. <laughs>
2: Shut up. And you know what? I will deal with those two. When I get <laughs> you know uh, and just and they know who I'm talking about. I'm not even gonna mention yeah. them.
1: Jesus <laughs> Christ. So Little Josh told me? <laughs> yeah, by the way. By the way. Uh I know that, you know, Southern Carpet Southeast Carpet Fest has Stop all it. this cool Stop shit, it. man. Stop but come it. on, man. we <laughs> Hey. Anyway. <laughs>
0: hey. Josh was hey. asking
1: what? What? No. What? No no. Not. Just no. 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 Just no. You sound like Tory now. No. 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 Sometimes,
2: sometimes your wife just yell at you. No. I mean, like Eric, you probably Eric. No.
0: <laughs> Eric. No.
2: Can't possibly be you. I mean, like yeah. yeah so.
1: Okay. Uh. All right. Um. <laughs> Anyway, Josh might be moving, and he was curious about uh moving a collection <laughs> here's my advice don't move don't <laughs> don't do it, <laughs> you know, yeah. it
2: like it, it, you've seen um you've seen that Adam Sandler movie like Billy Madison right. Mm-hmm. Where, where the kids like? I can't wait till I'm in high school. And Adam Sandler like grabs him by the face, <laughs> and is, like shaking him. And he's like, "Stay here, stay yeah. as long as you can." Like if it's can. like that. <laughs> so people are like, "I'm going to move my collection too. there." You're like, "Don't do it, don't do it. Just stay here." Like you know, it's <sighs> moving a collection yeah. sucks so badly. But I would recommend to not do any of the things I did. I mean, if you can. Go to the new place and set up the room before you move the collection if that's doable. Um, don't move during a snowstorm. Um, <laughs> is what I would recommend, yes. Um, yes. and uh, it, it, and you know, take your time if you rush it, you're gonna have problems. Um, and I would also do what you did and know that if I'm moving to take the following year off, yes.
1: So, 100%. Yeah. And what sucks with, with Josh is he has a lot of those uh, you know, like you know, he has like scrubs and stuff like that. Um Don't move during the cool down and winter period. Yes, we know that. Yeah. Um <laughs> but um yeah, I, I so what I did when I moved and we talked about this before, but mm-hmm. I just kinda was in the mindset that You know, I I wasn't breeding. I tried to make sure that when I was moving, actually, it would be two years, September 9th. So, it's coming up. But uh, I wanted to move right before the breeding season. So, you know, uh, I could figure out the room. You know, that's what made me most nervous of all. I don't know about you, but, well, yeah, you too, right? Because I remember Mm -hmm. you having some issues and the heat wasn't right. It wasn't. (laughs) Cold if I could,
2: re- and- I know. If I could redo mine, I would have left the snakes there and then gone to the new house in Bursboro and spent like a month and a half building and calibrating the snake room before I got them down here.
1: It also probably depends on how many snakes we're talking. So me and you were hundred plus snakes. That's yes, that's a lot of snakes to move. <laughs> You know, um, basically I worked, uh, maybe 10 to 12 hours a day doing that for about four days. Yeah. It was a lot of work, man. It was a lot of work because you got to break everything down. I recommend putting things in snake bags just because of space. Uh, because I tried to move stuff in tubs. Um, and it just, it just, it, it, that's what took so, because I couldn't fit as much, but I was trying to make it as stress free as possible. But I think in the long run, I probably should it's have no uh,
2: such thing,
1: you know, no, yeah, no.
0: You know
2: I know. but I would um, agree because I, I've heard numerous times of people who try to move like the whole, like pull the water bowls and put a bunch of duct tape and try to move the whole rack like yeah, with the snakes inside and that just leads to like something comes loose and one gets out or something thinks it can get out and it jams its head and dies. So I, I would recommend yeah. definitely secure the snakes. Yeah, for sure.
1: <clears throat> and, uh, well you really, I mean, if you're moving in the fall, you really don't have to worry about like, you know, depending on how far you're moving too. But I mean, my move was what, 20, 25 minutes away from, from my new place to my old place. And Mm -hmm. I kind of, uh, I, I moved my house before I moved my, my snakes were like the last thing to move. So I kept my apartment for like another, another month so that I had some cushion (laughs) because there's nothing like, like I didn't want to be in the position of being stressed out and like rushing the process and trying to like, you know, get these snake like meaning that tomorrow I have to have all my snakes out of this place, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, oh shit, yeah. You know, I I just don't I don't handle that pressure well. <laughs> like you know, I need <laughs> I need I need some smooth transition. I can't be like, oh well, it's tomorrow and better better be ready because you don't have it. You have to. So. Right. But, uh,
2: I mean, I, I would
1: almost, in an
2: ideal place is, like you said, you can keep the snakes where they're at while you set up where they're going to go. And yeah. if that doesn't work, it's almost like, can you set them up in a third party place? Like, say I was moving someplace, but I had a friend who had like a building that he was going to let me use. I could set them up there. And then move and then set them up to where – and then set them up again where I was at. So there's different ways of doing it, but I would definitely say the best thing to do would be to set up where they're going to land before you move them. Get that right right and take your time with that. Because I think that's where I had the problem is I moved them in and then I kind of started adjusting. I didn't even have doors on the goddamn room for a while. (laughs) Like, you know, and that's – you're asking for trouble.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I, I tried to, uh, yeah, I think that's probably the the most important things, you know, try to dial in the room or kind of have an idea of, you know, where the snakes are going to go, you know, uh, in the new place, uh, try to figure out how you're going to heat that or how the snakes are going to be heated. So is it going to be a matter of your heat in the room, individual enclosures, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But, uh, you know, what just popped up on my feet. How come people can be so goddamn stupid? So I click, (laughs) I see that there's a message on Facebook and I click over and I'm watching the Viper Keeper video of this guy that has a gaboon that's coming out of the cage that he's, he's holding it like it's his carpet python. What the hell is wrong with people, man? (laughs) Oh my God.
2: Well, I, can't I mean, take did, you see the, did you see the video today? I saw a video on my Facebook of some guy who's holding a common snapping turtle, and he's like, oh, your you're good boy kisses, and it just nails him on the face. And I'm like, thank you.
0: Thank you for that. But <laughs> it's oh, like, that you know.
1: Mu- oh, my God, that must have hurt. That must have hurt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Like,
0: the,
2: the thing bit and let go, so there wasn't like, like like, it didn't rip his lip off, which I was half expecting for that to happen but it's like every once in a while you want to see one of those people get their comeuppance and I'm like, Oh, thank you. Thank you for making kissy faces at a snapping turtle and then getting beat to hell with it. It's like, are you that stupid? It's, and, and people who do not respect an animal, like a venomous Gaboon Viper, they're the ones that should not be owning it.
1: Yeah. It's not, uh, for lack of a better word, pet. You know, you can't pet it like your dog or your cat or it's, something like that. But it's Come not on. a
2: toy. Like listen, like listen, I, I'll handle my white lips, and it, it, I, I know I'm, I know I'm always cruising to get bit. Like I know it, it could happen. Sometimes right. it doesn't. But you can't handle something like a gaboon viper expecting to. Well, it's in a good mood today because if it isn't, if you get it on the wrong day or if you gets freaked out or if it, something else happens and it instinctively bites you, that's it. I mean, not even from the that you could die standpoint. Do you have any idea how much those things cost to go get treated in the hospital for?
1: Yeah, I can't remember what I was listening to, but there was some, some one of the podcasts and they were talking about how much that cost.
2: Yeah. And, holy
1: shit, man. Holy shit. Not fucking worth
2: it. You know,
1: it, it yeah. really isn't to me
2: but some people it is and some people okay. accept that but i feel if you're serious enough and you know you respect it enough you can get by i mean like you know uh, but i don't think you need to ha- freehand with you know a gaboon viper i think that i think that's just stupid
0: so yeah i agree
2: we'll get a message from that guy later <laughs> asking us to apologize publicly <laughs> for calling him
1: an idiot yeah right so true Well, me and the Viper Keeper, we're pretty tight, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I know
2: you two are (laughs) hanging out all the time. I told you I saw him at a show once, like, autographing people's Venomous Snake boxes. Like, some dude bought, yeah, some dude bought, like, a Viper or something, and he autographed the pie container it came in, and I'm like, what the hell am I watching?
1: So, you know, whatever. Yeah, uh, that's. That's kind of crazy. Good yep. old Viper Keeper. Whatever. I don't think... Just, I... <laughs> whatever. So, um, let's see. Uh, what do we want to talk about first? Um, so, what's crazy is we're coming mm-hmm. up on that time of year. I was just talking to Rob about it tonight. Um, but, uh, you know, the anniversary show, so... Oh, we have to get the calendar. yeah. Oh um,
2: shit, we are so behind. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. <clears throat> I know.
0: <laughs>
1: I can't believe it's September though, man. I, I just have in my brain That's that it's why still we're like so July. We're
0: screwed. <laughs> so, I'm like, oh god. Oh, I guess
1: I guess there's no calendar for Tinley this year, but you know, Oh my so god, god. we
2: screwed it We did it once and then we screwed it up the next year. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's all right. Um I, I was going to talk to you about it anyway, because I was trying to think, well, maybe we'll put it out to the listeners. I was trying to think of something different, not necessarily, not okay. different from Aurelia, but just different, like a different uh, theme, uh, you know, something like that. So I guess if you have any ideas or suggestions, maybe reach out to me before, I guess in a couple of weeks, we'll go live with it or something and, and all right. start um, all, that, all that shenanigans. Because I got to tell you, man, man, this, this. You know, I know that we talked about, like, baby snakes and, you know, how much work they are. And Your mind mush. (laughs) Dude, I am just... I know. I aged, aged like, five years this season, uh, no doubt. Between my job and the snakes, oh, my God, man. Um, (laughs) You just don't sleep. And, you know, it's like (laughs) you're trying to get... I'm trying to take pictures of this shit so I can sell some of it, and it's just like... You know, usually I'm pretty like, you know, pictures are coming, pictures are coming. But I'm like, I'm spending so much time like getting them ready. And then I'm like, do I start getting people be, or snakes ready for next season? I mean, we're only months away. So You are. You are close. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do I do I do I, do I <laughs> or are you like do I take another season off? Do I take bullshit. this season off and let's <laughs> raise these up or, you know, but then there's projects that I specifically want to do. And it's like, man. Um, I guess it's a good situation to be in, you know, eventually it was, it was going to come to this, but, um, right. but, you know, so anyway, I kind of got off on a tangent there, but I was looking up, uh, uh, when I went to book the show and I was looking at Tinley and how it fell and, you know, so this would be year seven Holy shit. and wait, Holy shit. <clears throat> as of today, <laughs> No. <laughs> this is episode episode number three hundred and sixty-four. But wait no a minute. Oh my god. No. no, no, no. <laughs> when we when we go to die one day on <laughs> our, our death right? And you have go X on. amount of time in your life. You know, time is oh, something okay. that you can't stop. We have done yeah. this for eight hundred and fifty one hours. Year. Oh my God. <laughs> We have
2: you, can sat to, on, you can listen to an episode of NPR w- once a day, and you could do an entire year at this point. Close yeah. to. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to puke.
1: <laughs> but when I saw 851 Hours, I'm like, wow. That's, wow. That's just the time on the mic. That's not the time off the mic, you know, with the, putting the shit yeah, together. Yeah, I know. And everything that comes with it. So. Yeah, I don't know. That's pretty cool. So I guess officially now, I would say that we are the longest-running reptile podcast Holy around. shit! Yeah. So who That's knows what best. it'll be by the time we get there? You know, I'm. You know, I don't know how many more hours that will be, but
2: when we actually hit
1: the uh, when we
2: actually hit you know the or, seventh or,
1: year, or, the anniversary. Right, Yeah. or when um, one
2: of us finally quits. I mean, you know, it'll just be. <laughs>
1: Oh, it's like I've had enough. <laughs> I've had enough of this. I'm done. Can't it's even like get the yeah, you out on time. So. It'll be like one of those things like uh, you know, like when Van Halen got Sammy Hagar, you know. Man. Yeah. We're <laughs> like, yeah. a, you know, you they have will, like they, a they really yeah, a really hit series uh TV series and then all of a sudden in season 8, you know, one of the people <laughs> change. You're like, "Wait a minute." Maybe,
2: It'd be better minute. if
1: it'd be better if I leave
2: and you get a new guy and you just refer to that guy as Owen like nothing ever happened or changed. <laughs> I'm just
1: gonna have like, to find another guy like named you Owen. Get, like
2: exactly. <laughs> like you're just gonna have to. It's, it's like when the it's like when someone is cast and then like replaced the next movie. It's like everybody just goes around like no, that's clearly what they looked like last movie. <laughs> yeah, he ate
0: like
1: poorly. That. He <laughs> aged poorly. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: But, uh, yeah, man, that's, whew, that's a lot of time. So you're like, Damn wow, dude. I'm thinking like when I'm dying, am I going to be like, man, I wish I had then 851 hours back.
2: <laughs> yeah. Wish I had spent so much of my time talking to that asshole. <laughs> it's like,
1: you know. It's... Yeah. <laughs> but, uh. <clears throat> but yeah, so that's coming up. Um and usually like yeah, like Owen said, we usually have the calendar thing going before that. So for people that don't know and maybe are just tuning in and listening for the first time or whatever. Um where the hell have you been? Every, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um we we have so many episodes now that you know, I think our complete first year is off of blog talk. I mean off of oh iTunes. Oh my god. Yeah. Wow. I think we hit the point where it's in year two. They're so if you to want to hear you. year one, you got to go back and listen on Blog Talk. So
0: crazy, uh, man,
2: uh, crazy. Did you did you download all the episodes and are we keeping like an archive?
1: Because you know, I yeah, that's a project that I'm kind of working on. I'm trying to like right. slowly transition over. So like maybe at some point we can just get off of Blog Talk and get onto.
2: Remi- i'll talk to my buddy see if i can get a server that'll just download all of them for us and just keep it and just download every week and then we'll have them all for our own use and we can release the greatest hits album
0: you know, of...
1: yeah <laughs> nice yeah the greatest episodes so it's funny like episode. rob <laughs> rob he pulls these little tidbits of and you know when he's he pulls these little clips and stuff from various episodes and you know pretty much it's the bust me and Terrific. all balls for,
0: for things we said me.
1: like 4 years ago and like right so he's listening to the one and I was like I go uh, I'll never keep ball of pythons I'll leave <laughs> that to you um yeah. and then halfway <laughs> through the conversation I go you know what Oh, and I, I, I can't say that because probably in four years from now, I will have Olive Python. Well, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <strikes, laughs> wow. <that's a> good... <laughs> yeah, because you know, wow. You say dude. Things and you're like, yeah, well, I didn't. And the other cool thing is, like, he was listening to uh, Daniel Natouche's episode and he oh. was talking about the Cape York. So it just gets you kind of pumped up for our Australia trip. Um, yeah, which is pretty I mean, cool. Yeah. 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 Which Promise is coming up. To
2: stop bringing that up. You promised
1: me you would stop talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> no. <can>. My fault. <laughs> yeah. So speaking anyway. of Australia, uh, yeah. we wanted to talk a little bit about Steve Irwin. I don't, I don't know about you, but like um, he was probably. I probably. So I was already into reptiles, but this was when, like when he first started making the appearance on the scene on, on Animal Planet and stuff, it was kind of like in that transition where. I kind of was like out of the, for lack of a better word, like the, you know, party and all the time phase and like, you mm-hmm. know, my twenties, you know, and I started to like want to settle down that kind of deal. And, um, yeah, I mean, I know that he's like a controversial guy. Some people don't like what he did, uh, because of, you know, he like free handled venomous snakes and, right. you know, you know, it took all these risks and all, but like, I think the thing that I truly always appreciated about him was just his, he was inspiring as a person, as far as his drive, like there was nothing that was going to stop him in his goal. And mm. <clears throat> when you meet people like that, they really make you take a look and, and think like, uh, you know, anything is possible if you just work your ass off to get it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and like uh, that mindset. And then the other thing I always appreciated was the fact of how he wasn't afraid to, you know, speak his mind and not really care. Like he did every, I, I mean, I, I guess if you're a venomous keeper, you probably have a different point of view because of how it's portrayed or whatever, but you can't, you you can't say that the guy didn't have a positive effect on people and their relationships with animals. I mean, he just, no matter what it was, you would I, things that I wouldn't even necessarily care about, you know, now I'm fascinated by, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like he put such a positive spin on reptiles for people and, and, and showed that they're not these, you know, scary things and killer things and not just reptiles. I mean, he these episodes. He's swimming with tiger sharks and all this crazy shit. And I don't know. It's uh, he definitely, when he, when he died, I think you, you could see how it changed. Uh, at least I could, I don't know. Mm-hmm. What do you think? What do you think? Well, I, how did he affect?
2: Mean, I, well, you were talking about like when he was first emerging on the scene, like, I, I think it was like I was still in high school, so um, maybe even middle school. Christ, no, no, he, no way, did, man!
0: Show, I'm not that up? old.
2: I mean, um, hold I'll on, let me Google what? this. First, Steve.
1: <laughs> it had to be early 2000s, I would think. Yeah, dude,
2: dude, I graduated high school in 2004. You know. <laughs> it's like, come on. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> pilot, his pilot aired in nineteen ninety six. Okay, so I mean, we can do math here. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ. Um. Uh. But, so I mean, like I, he was always somebody I would watch after school and stuff like that. So it was always something to see and get interested into the animals as well as, you know, the favorite segments I had was um, uh, have him come on to like Letterman and stuff like that. Cause I'd like purposely stay up later to watch that kind of stuff um, right. and see all that stuff. And then uh, it, it definitely was one of those things where he, and he, and he did have this saying that I kind of, really kind of took a little bit to heart was if you want people to care about an animal, show it to them, get, get them interacting with it, you know, show them what it is, put it in their face, and then they'll give a damn, you know, and that's totally true. You know, I, the only reason anybody even gives a crap about tigers is because they're in every single zoo and there's every, every little kid always has an infatuation with tigers. And this was something that brought, uh, you know, these animals different animals to the forefront crocodiles uh snakes of all kinds all this other stuff so um it definitely was something that I definitely clued into because I mean I went from when I was really young watching like Jack Hanna and stuff like that to watching Steve Irwin and all that stuff and it definitely was an influence on my future career when I was in college uh learning more about reptiles because you know everybody else everybody else cared about were mammals. So I wanted to do that. Um, and I do remember when he died in 2006, cause I just started my snake collection and right. a lot of my snake collection was kind of because I kept reading a bunch of reptiles magazines and one of them was a interview with Steve Irwin where he talked right. about all the Australian reptiles and stuff like that. So right. I think I had two or three carpets at that point. And I was in my college dorm, and it was like 1 o'clock in the morning, and I'm on kingsnake.com, honest to God, and a banner flashed across saying that he had died. And then I immediately left Kingsnake and followed and read up a bunch of articles and stuff like that. But later on in my career, after I left college, I started working at the zoo. You know, I started to do that king kind of stuff where I would bring the creepy crawlies and the crocodiles and the alligators and the snakes on educational programs I would try to get people more enthused talking about them showing them off you know uh, I tried to emulate him and got my hand bit by a four-foot crocodile so um i oh. must have done something wrong <laughs> yeah just uh, <laughs> sorry it was an, it was an alligator but yeah like I was trying to do that like where he dangles the food and drops it and I didn't drop it at the right time. And the gator got right. my hand. So <laughs> I fucked that up. Ouch! <laughs> but, you know, it was that, it was one of those things where it was, it was fun to watch because he was nothing, but just a fireball of energy and he got you excited and he got you excited about the animal. He got you excited about conservation. And that was at the forefront of all his conversations was like, he's getting this animal and he's dragging it out of the tree and yeah, he's upsetting the animal and we don't really want to upset the animal but he's also putting it in your face and talking about it and now you're interested and now you want to know more and now you want to hear about how he's like and this thing is dying because we had to put up more cocoa plantations or something like that and now you want to learn more about that so it's just the way it is just the way he
1: was so yeah <clears throat> yeah. I mean that's kind of a that's that's true it's kind of like I kind of, I think the thing with him too, I mean, there's been other people that have been, you know, I guess try done the same type of thing. And, you know, at the time there was like Jeff, I think of like Jeff Corwin and stuff, but there was just something about him as a person that captivated Mm. me. I don't know if, I mean, it's, it seems cliche to say the passion part of it, but you know, I don't know. I think, I think that's the thing that another thing that always stuck with me, no matter what you do in life you know, if you're passionate about it, I mean, you can listen back to early NPR episodes, and you can hear me say that same type of thing, and that's where the whole joke forever came about—passion—and you know, everybody made fun of me because I said it all the time, blah blah blah. But I think the thing that that I learned is like, if you want somebody to care about it, just show them how much you care about it. You know, and people, it, it's like it's it's like uh, contagious almost. You know, you can't help but be excited about something when somebody else is excited about it. You just kind of like, I mean, really at the time, carpet pythons weren't even on my radar. And yeah, you know, it was kind of like, I, you know, just seeing him in Australia and his, you know, I, I think of that, there was one episode where he went to uh, Papua New Guinea and he's like looking at white lips and yeah, Fifth or sixth grade in 1996. Holy shit! I'm you know sorry, what I did buddy. in 1996? <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> like, I, I like... jammed. I jammed with Eddie Van Halen. That's what I did. Jesus in
0: 1996. Christ! <laughs> I'm sorry. So you
1: got you. You were sixth grade. Riley was seven. <laughs> I was, seven, yeah, I was, I was yeah. playing with Van Halen. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> was, uh, wow! Because
1: you know, when he died
2: in 2006, Time, I was. A sophomore time is a motherfucker, in motherfucker, man. I
1: know. <laughs> what have you? What have you learned from this episode? That time. That time is a, is motherfucker. a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Holy! Well, the whole episode has hell. just been
2: making us feel old. It's like, yeah.
1: You'll get there one day, my friend. But I'll and probably I be dead at that point. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> this would have been
1: our 600th episode, but Eric died. It's like, yeah. No,
2: it's like, yeah.
1: He has dementia now. He doesn't know what he's talking about anymore. He actually makes more sense now than he did when he was on the show. and He was saying <laughs> lucid. He, so. uh, if you don't,
2: if you don't think I won't record you, demented talking about reptiles, you don't know me at all.
1: <laughs> Listen, back in my day, you know, exactly.
2: Hit the record
1: button and let you go. But you yeah. know, it's yeah. But yeah, he was he uh, he was he was missed, uh, and you know. Uh, it's it's just a sucky thing. When that actually happened, I was actually going through uh, a divorce at the time, which, you know, kind of sucked even on top of that. But, you know, it was like, wow, this is just well, crazy. I can't believe he's dead.
2: And, and it was funny because, like, I've met Jack Hanna. I've met Jeff Corwin. You know, I met Mark O'Shea. I met Clyde Peeling. I met all these guys that I kind of looked up to when I was coming up in college. And, uh you know, the one person I would have desperately wanted to meet would be Steve and he was gone and it yeah. sucked. And, um, we, uh, you know, and I see his son now is doing like the, like the tonight show and stuff like that. And, and you know, I, he must've been like, what, like three when his father died. And it's like watching him do it. And people like, he reminds us so much of his, of his dad. And it's, it's kind of like having him back, but it's also kind of not. It's like this is the best imitation of Steve that we could get, but, you know, still not Steve. And I would have loved to have him around um, with a lot of the things that we've been talking about, and we've been facing with not just reptiles, but in the animal community. I mean, what would he have said about the Lacey Act and the, and the shutting down of Python's, uh, for Florida, I mean, uh what would he have said about uh, I don't know ivory poaching here and this, that and the other thing? I mean, would he have weighed in on all this stuff and where would he have come down? I mean, yeah. it would have been it would have been something that would have been interesting to have. and I also say that Animal Planet never fully recovered when he died because can you remember any good programming that was on Animal Planet since he died? No. Well, I mean, like, stop it.
0: Stop it. (laughs) How dare you, sir? I'm just kidding, man. God God
2: damn it. You left it wide open. I mean, come on. I know. That was my Uh, fault. But it's like, but like Animal Planet now is like my crazy cat from hell in Ultimate Tree Houses. I'm like, what does
0: this
1: have to do with animals?
2: It's like, you know, it's
1: not. Yeah, it did. It lost something.
2: For sure. It did. 100%. Yeah. Well, I mean, Animal Planet paid for, like, total re. uh vamping done to his zoo and stuff like that because that was gonna that was they were gonna pump that for eons and i keep hearing rumors that they're gonna have another show that includes his kids um yeah i've heard that a couple I, I, of times I, I think you just you'd be missing a part of it a big big chunk so yes
1: yeah.
2: it, it was definitely it was definitely a tragedy when he did die so
1: yeah for sure Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, here we are 12 years later and still people are talking about it. It's it's kind of weird, like as of late, like that whole time thing has been like, you know, like I guess as you get older, you start to like think of these things. But like, you know, there's going to be people that I remember when I was growing up and like grandparents would talk about shit that they only knew about. And Mm -hmm. like, I'm like, what are you talking about? You know? And like today, if I said like, you know, a cassette tape, people would be like, What? <laughs> you know? Or <laughs> or a rotary phone or like, you know, the phone that was it was like you had one phone in your kitchen and you know, you had the freaking long ass cord that went to like the yeah. living room and shit. <laughs> you know, like I don't know, just Kidding crazy me? shit like that.
2: Like Kid, kids these days will never know the terror of calling the girl you like's house and getting her father to pick up, and her father picks up the phone.
0: I mean, (laughs) because
2: now, now you just call her. I mean, like, you know, that's just like, they they won't know such terror. So it's, yeah. But, and it's funny that you mention that kind of stuff because eventually, but, you know, you'd hope that somebody like him wouldn't fall into the background of history, especially with something like, animal conservation. I know his wildlife warriors is a big thing. I know that the zoo in Australia uh, has never taken down, you know, the pictures or the memories of him. Um, And you kind of hope that stuff would live like beyond him. And it definitely has, but you know, you also kind of are a little depressed that nobody in those 12 years has come up to kind of match him or, surpass him as, uh, you know, the champion of, like, the wildlife or somebody for everybody to kind of uh, admire and to teach people. I mean, we've had a few people that kind of got close, but nobody really, really
1: got there, so. It always appeared like he had a, you know, I don't know, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, like he had a connection with animals. Do you think that's possible? Do you think that... I- that that you can make some type of a connection that you can I swear my dad was like that because like no matter what animal it was, he just had this i s like he would always say that it was just because he was calm, right, and he was yeah. a dog trainer, right, so obviously he was a canine dog trainer, so it's not like he had no you know experience with animals, but I don't know, it was just I would always be amazed at like. You know, I would be trying to pick up like this uh, seven foot boa constrictor as it's trying to bite the shit out of me, you know, and then he just would like pick it up and it wouldn't bite at all. And I'm like, what the hell am I? What? What? What is different? Like, why? And I just started to assume that he just had a sense that I didn't. And that's always what I kind of thought with.
2: But I would definitely say
1: that if you know what you're doing and
2: you kind of have that radiation that you know what you're doing right you do subtle things that maybe put the animal at a little bit more of ease right. um because body you language know that, almost yeah almost yeah. like that you know
0: yeah.
2: and but i also will say that ultimately it's not your decision <laughs> it's um it's, <laughs> you know i've I'll, I'll say this i've seen chris go i've really been working with this white lip very well I just think very calm things, and then and then it just nailed him in the shoulder, and I'm like, and it worked out so well. So you know, right. it's like it, it, again, you can try your best, but you know, you you can you can take a hit. I mean, there, there, I saw a couple episodes where he was jumping on crocodiles and stuff like that, and he had like busted rib this and busted up hand that, and you know, I also think he was just extremely lucky sometimes, and you know, yeah. Uh, a lot of the things that were done to him could have been way worse. So um,
1: it's almost like when you're that type of person with that type of uh, fire in your soul, like it 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 extinguishes quickly. Like I think of like I I, I think the same thing and like, you know, I think of guitar players, right? Jimi Hendrix, mm-hmm. Stevie Ray Vaughan, people like that that, like, just came on the scene and just. Changed everything, you know, and then they're gone. They can only yeah. burn for so long, and then it's out. You know, it's like, but
2: but then how much of that is like, you know, I, I know they were good and all, but how much of that also is the tragedy that they were here for such a short time? Like we didn't have time for them to screw up, sell out, you know, do this, that, and the other thing. Who's to say that? Yeah, you know, it's true. I mean, what. Was it like Jack Hanna came out of left field during all this stuff and sided with, you know, HSUS and this, that and the other thing and the animal rights groups and he pissed off a lot of the, you know, keepers and zoos and stuff like that. So it's like, who's to say that somewhere down the road, Steve wouldn't have made a decision or wouldn't have felt strongly about something that the majority of us felt differently. Like, you know, what if he was for the Lacey Act? Would that change our opinion of him or would that change our opinion of the Lacey Act? Like, I don't know. So Hmm.
1: that's kind of a good question. I don't Yeah, you're right. I don't know. But then you compare him to somebody like uh, David Attenborough, let's say, you know, who has a totally different style of, you know, of presenting animals. And I kind of like both ways, but you know, I think it's like it's it's kind of like music, like there there's niches for everybody. And like, of course. you know, you don't want to copy somebody and that's what makes you original and that's what cool. makes you stand out. And that's what people gravitate towards.
2: Yeah. And I also say that it all depends on your mood. Like, you know, maybe you're enjoying a particular evening and you want to watch Blue Planet listen to David Attenborough talk about a weird fish with psychedelic colors and just trip out half the night. But then the other day, you want to watch Steve Irwin jump on a crocodile and wrestle to the ground. It's like you know, different tastes for different days. It's
1: fine. So you know, (laughs) you want to, you want to get. So I was watching Cosmos, right? (laughs) All right. And I was in a in an altered state of mind. (laughs) Holy shit, man! If you ever want to feel like you're nothing and meaningless <laughs> and you're absolutely nothing <laughs> there's a there's a video that of like
0: <laughs>
1: there's a video of um uh Voyager One taking a picture yeah. of planet Earth as it flies past Neptune and uh. <laughs> it's this little tiny blue dot, and you're like, <laughs> "Wow." <laughs> Dude, it just changes your whole state of mind It's crazy Here, that just put here I on was that because a, you brought up Blue Planet I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> it's like
2: I, And I know Woo. we had that conversation once About being in altered states and watching David Attenborough um, yeah. You know It's yeah. Just like, yeah, I got you yeah. Holy <laughs> shit
1: But you just realize how topic. insignificant we are <laughs> Yeah, exactly And how short this little thing that we call life is you know so so i don't know you as you as a person who is going to australia
2: to go to the outback i mean are are you are are, like thinking on today like are you excited uh, like that you're going to be running around in in imagining that you're in steve Irwin's backyard kind of deal or are you also slightly cautious because everything there wants to kill you
1: no, I think it's. I think. I, I guess this happens as you get older. Maybe I don't know. I keep saying like I'm some old. I would man. know. I was
2: yep. in sixth grade apparently while you were running through your first marriage. So yeah, right? I don't
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta stop hanging out with you young kids, man. People just start to talk. Um, you yeah, can
2: talk to Bill Stegall to get a more mature taste of this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well,
1: like well. Yeah, guys like Bill, he'll appreciate this. It's like, you still feel like you're 20, but you're not. Right. <laughs> you're like, wait a minute.
2: <laughs> I'm not 20 anymore? That is the very – ni- that changed. That is one of the very Nick Mutton things I've ever heard you say, where he's like, I'm old now. And I'm like, what the hell are
1: you talking about? It's like yeah. you wake up and everything hurts. It's like, all right, whatever. Yes. Yeah, dude. <laughs> It's crazy. I, we're going so off topic on everything here. Nice, but so like, far now, I don't care. <laughs> my eyes don't work anymore, man. They don't work. <laughs> I just woke up one day and I'm like reading something and I'm like, my eyes have always been spot on, you know, 2020 vision, never had glasses all my life. And I like, I'm like, I went to read something and I'm, I said, I can't see what this says. I, it's like, do I have something in my eye? And she's like, mm. and I'm like, I can't see it. <laughs>
2: are, are you going to have to get, like, these half-moon readers now or something like that? I mean, is that the...
1: I'm going to be the guy at the reptile show that has, like, the glasses and the chain that hangs around his face. And, and, to, and to, you have to put them on? Hmm, every time you have to look at a... Hold well, on. Yes, Let yes. Me, this is it, I'd anymore. like to see that carpet <laughs> python right there. Hold on, hold on. Let me see. Let me see here. Let me see. Does that say... Yeah, it does. Uh, <laughs> that? It's a, it's a carpet python.
0: Okay.
1: Very good. Um, uh, Jesus. Oh, uh, shit. What was I saying? I can't remember. I don't know. Yeah, I guess, I guess it's good that we, we, we went off that way. Shit. I lost it. Now it's going to sound stupid when people listen back. Okay. Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Just that you were old and things aren't working anymore, much like your mind right now. So, yeah, you know.
1: Yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs>
0: Damn.
2: Okay. Uh,
1: Moving on, Jesus.
2: Yep. <laughs> Moving on. Um, <laughs> oh, it was It'll the. Uh, are, do you feel worried that you're going? Oh, you're oh, like you're oh, 20 now Australia. or some
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, so it's like I always find it amazing that, like, anywhere that I've ever traveled in the world or when, like, I went to AC what a couple of weeks ago and I'm standing on the beach yeah. and you know we're having a couple of beers and whatnot and, and drinking and I'm sitting there thinking and I'm like, man, in, in a few months, I'll be all the way on the other side of the world. Like That's trippy, you know, it's, it's just <laughs> nuts. Like, uh, and it's all about perspective because I hear sometimes like, uh, you know, on some of the other podcasts, like, uh, you know, reptile and chill they're from the UK. So everything is based, you know, their perspective is from the UK where we're from the U S. So our perspective is from the U S and like, you know, when they talk about like wanting to come to Florida to see a snapping turtle and like, you know, that would oh, blow yeah. their minds. You know what I mean? Like, or like yeah. an alligator or something in the wild. And we're like, what are you talking about? Like, that's boring. <laughs> alligators you know, are, I, uh, dude, I, I will admit. Not that they're uh, when boring, was, but you know what I mean. You, you, no,
2: but I will admit when I was in Florida, every single puddle or pond or gutter, I'm like, alligator? Like I was looking, you know, I'm like. Yes. And I got disappointed yeah. when they weren't in there. It's like, weren't there, right? I was, I was told they'd be everywhere. It's like. Yeah. Somebody told really me a upsetting.
1: lie. Yeah. They said I would find <laughs> Burmese, pythons and alligators and everywhere. And I, and I, I can't get, find a one. <laughs>
2: I found oh um, gecko
0: really pissed <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. you know.
1: But I think that I think it's the idea of being in Australia and and like what the what everybody over in Australia takes her, you know, some people. Well, it seems like they're more in tune with their wildlife than we are in the States. I don't know if that's 100 um, percent across the board, but it just seems like they care more about. I shouldn't say they care more, but it just appears like they really care about, you know, their wildlife and like, you know, you very, and maybe it's just who I see from Australia. So maybe it's just my right. perspective, you know, but to be, I'm telling you, man, it's going to blow my mind to see like a wild carpet python, you know, yeah. it, it blows my mind to see a freaking garter snake, you know. And I don't yeah. keep garter snakes and it's cool. And I'm like, I'll look at it and I'll be fascinated by it. And I'll be like, wow, that's really neat. And for a split second, my mind will go, wow, it'd be cool to keep these again. And then I'm like, no, 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 stop it. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, but to go there and be in the environment where there's, you know, the snake that you absolutely love, you know, is, is just going to be crazy, you know? and, and, And it's just business as usual there. And to be in the environment, feel what it's like. And I don't, I, you know, I don't know. To me, that's just an experience that, you know, I'll probably remember for the rest of my life. So I don't know. I won't be worried about, you know, something biting me or, you know, as long as I don't go too close to the edge of the water, (laughs) I'll be okay,
0: right? (laughs) a
2: A crocodile would make quick work of you. I mean, yeah. I saw them in St. Augustine, and I'm like, Eric's going to die. So, you know, it's
0: <laughs> – <laughs> Yeah, but, um, so
2: true. And, and it's like we take that stuff for granted because, I mean, like, you remember when all those Australian guys came to Tinley, and they were yeah. like, look at the blood pythons. We're like, they're blood pythons. Come look at our carpets. And they're like, we see those. I'm like, oh, right. So, you know, it's like what – like they were all about corn snakes and shit. It's like – sure. It's like that's the funny thing because, like, you know, it's the stuff you take for granted. And it's definitely even happens here where it's like I love Eastern Indigo, which requires restrictions and all that fun shit. So, you know, somebody over in California could have Eastern Indigo, so he can do whatever he wants. But um, so it's like you're envious of that stuff. But I could definitely see that as being something that you're going to you're not going to think about while you're there. Like, you're just going to be immersed in it. And then when you get home, you're going to be like, that was so fucking awesome. And oh my God. And it's all that kind of stuff. Like, I I imagine if I were there in Australia, it'd be like, I'd be the guy who would forget to take pictures because I was so into what was going on at the moment, I forgot to pull out my phone and take pictures.
1: So, See, that's the thing that I'm I'm thinking about. Like, you know, do I sit there and be behind a camera and and you know, so I can share it with everybody, or do I worry about, you know, all right, just um, enjoying it for myself? You know what I mean? Well, I have like, a plan. Here's yeah, the plan. Think, what's
2: that? Strap you a buy GoPro, me GoPro. <laughs> you buy me. You buy me a plane ticket, and I'll follow you with a camera. <laughs> oh, there you go. I'll just document it all for you. I'll be the camera guy. It'll be fine. Right. Yeah.
1: (sighs) We could do that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It's Um, only three grand. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I'm excited about that. And plus, to me, I don't know. I've seen, you know, I've been to a lot of, like, the Caribbean and all that kind of stuff. And and down in that way. And Mexico and, and, you know, Florida and all that kind of stuff. So like, I've seen that kind of environment and it's beautiful. And like, when you're, when you go to a different environment and you, and you're like, Oh my God, this is just amazing. You know? And I think of like dirty Philadelphia or something like
2: that. I'm like, Oh my
1: God, (laughs) (laughs) this is uh, incredible.
2: Dude. It's like, I walked outside and I found that uh, an adult black rat snake, like just chilling out in my yard. And I'm like, this is so cool. And it was even more cool because I have two black rat snakes, in my collection. So right. it was just kind of awesome. But now imagining if I walked outside and there was like a diamond Python and be like, Holy shit. Like that would be, first off, what's it doing in Pennsylvania? Second off, you know, it would just right. be amazing. But you know, it's, uh, it's just one of those things where, uh, it is the trip of a lifetime and I will get there. I swear. It's got to figure other shit out first.
1: So, um, yeah, Well, me and Rob were talking about it like we're already talking about the next year's trip, you know, like uh, because obviously the goal is to see, you know, carpet pythons of all types in the wild and what they're like, you know, that kind of deal. And, And, you know, other things, too, obviously, it would be pretty badass to see like a green tree in the in the wild, you know, a scrub python, you know, something like that. Yeah. obviously all the I mean, other pythons but to me the the car the i mean carpet pythons are why i'm going i mean i guess the equivalent to you would be to go see a rough scale in the wild you know which somebody had a picture of that a, a few I weeks i climb down
2: that ravine yeah i mean like you know i'd be nuts but uh, dude it's like i i don't know about you but i'm such an animal person it's like i want to go to africa just to see elephants in the wild like you know i wanted to go see I wanted to go to the Atlanta zoo before they got rid of their Sumatran rhino, because I'm like, this might be the last time I see that species right. alive. Like, you know, so I would want to go to Australia also to see like crocodiles in the wild, you know? Oh, absolutely. I, I'd, I'd probably get a kick out of kangaroos until we saw the 10 like 10,000th 10, one. Then I'd be like, all right, I'm done with these. Like, you know, that's, it, there there's going to be a ton of stuff and I would love to start doing things like that and going around and finding these animals and seeing these things in the wild. So, but I also like my house and wish to keep it. So it, it's a balancing act. <laughs> I might, yeah. I might be a couple of years behind you guys, but you know, it, I'll get there. So,
1: yeah, I mean, you know, you never know what life's going to deal you. So like, if you can, you know, you'd, you'd take advantage of the opportunity and you never, you know, you don't, I I don't know. I've made excuses for too long that this year just had to be the year, you know, always something would come up, always something would happen, always something, always something, you know, and I, Yeah. I don't know, I could always (laughs) sit here and say forever that, you know, I could make an excuse, but, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, doing it. And it's not too crazy expensive, but yeah, I get it. It's not something that everybody just has and, you know, has access to just be able to do it, but.
2: I mean we established by figuring out when Steve Rowan aired and where we were both at in our lives that I still have a couple more years of complaining and putting it off before I catch up to you. So, yeah. you know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh yeah, I don't know. It should be it should be pretty awesome. I'm I'm looking forward to it for sure. Yeah. So um and you know <laughs> you brought up White Lips and uh I kinda had well, it's a little bit of bad news, but so one of the the smaller white lip that I had died, and nah. I'm not hundred percent sure why but i'm i'm sh- I, my guess my guess would be that it's just some kind of keeper error that i did and oh, shit the the one thing that i'm well so i have the the bigger one which is which yeah. is doing great you know um but uh you know i I guess when you have these you know these type of things and snakes that are more sensitive, let's say, um, you know, you, 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 see, you see these problems and it happens, but yeah. what's, what it's taught me is, dude, carpet pythons are,
0: <laughs> I, I say this
1: all the time, but they're fucking bulletproof. bulletproof. I mean, like there's so much room and I hate to say it this way, but there's so much room for keeper error. That <laughs> they just they just they just keep on going, man. Like like holy shit. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like you know, I'm I f I, I feel that I'm a pretty decent keeper and whatnot, but it's just like, you know, if you it seems like for me that I'm learning that with some of these other Python species, you can't have like that nonchalant at least when they're young, that nonchalant when they're gonna yeah. eat attitude. You know what I'm saying? Like you just yeah. have to like you have to get, like, I learned that quick with ring pythons. It's like, no, you have to feed them a lot. You can't, like, <laughs> not feed them. No, you know, no, they you need can't food. Do this. <laughs> and, and, oh, God, people are going to think that I don't feed, you know, oh, my God, it's fucking starving his snakes and stuff. Oh, you know, Jesus. I just like to throw them up slow, the, but, like,
2: the, the you have to, angry like, snakes at Eric's. It's like,
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it's like this balance is like, you don't want an overweight snake and you don't want this, you know, so you're like, everything you hear is like, keep them thin, keep them thin, keep them. Uh, I, I think that I, somehow I, I, I don't know. I screwed it up. Maybe it wasn't humid enough. Maybe it got too hot. You know, I don't know. Yeah. But, um,
0: shit happens,
1: know. you know, yeah, and you learn, it does. I
2: mean, you how many snakes I've killed? It's ridiculous. So it's, um, it, it, it is one of those things, and I would say that with uh, harder or more fragile species, um, they make you pay for everything that you've done quickly. So, if something is off, they go downhill fast. So, yeah, and I will also say that, dude, I was taking pictures for the website this past weekend, and it's of like, and it's not of babies; it's from like breeders and projects. So. You know, the uh, the most annoying thing in this planet was taking a picture of a Timor python because mm-hmm. you touch it and it's like starts trying to musk and shit everywhere. And then you're trying mm-hmm. to put it in the photo booth and it's still trying to musk and shit everywhere. So it's like I finally got a photo and I had to take it into Photoshop and delete all the like shit smears that were all over the white backgrounds and stuff like that. And it's like, I hate this animal where a carpet python just sits there pissed off. I'm like, see, here we are. So, mm-hmm. I will get that. It's it, it, it's. I'll give you that. It, it can be difficult. It can be annoying. And you know, why do you think I hate the Dominican ren- Mountain Boas so much? Because they are, in my opinion, the exact opposite of a carpet python. It gives live birth. It likes geckos. It's hard to eat. It's oh, God, I hate it so. <laughs>
0: <it's>,
1: <laughs> That's it's awesome. Just that. I hate them <laughs> yeah. so much. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I just, it's just a learning thing, man. And even what's weird is mm. even with other, well, they're not Morelli anymore, but like if you take scrub pythons, they seem to fall, fall into that similar type of carpet Python care that, you know, the only one that, that I've had exception with that is Helma Harris that have been right. difficult to establish. But other than that, I mean I've I've been pretty successful with well, with uh, keeping keeping scrubs going and whatnot. I will,
2: but. I'll counter with that if something does go wrong with a the scrub, they crash fast. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where just, like say say a carpet has a sniffle, you turn up the heat and then sometimes they kick it and then sometimes you got time to take into a vet and stuff like that if a scrub's got a sniffle, take it to the vet immediately because it's going to start crashing soon. So that's what I would say.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I guess that's, that is true to us a, to a certain extent, but I, yeah. I haven't, I haven't experienced that. And like, you know, I haven't come across until I started working with these other different species. It's like, I've never been exposed to that. I think the closest that I've came, come to that was, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, chondros and dealing with them. They seem to be, you know, way more sensitive than carpets, you know, like, you know, one of the things I learned with keeping them is is like fresh water is key. And I kind of do this with scrubs. So maybe that's why I don't run into a problem where like, you know, you're changing the water like twice a week at the very least, you know, Mm. maybe, maybe more, um, you know, depending on how you manage it. But you know, Again, I kind of do this for my carpet pythons as well, but, like, I've also, you know, gone away for a week and come back and my carpet pythons are fine, you know what I mean? So, right. whereas now I'll be worrying about, like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, you know. Uh, I'm going to have to train my dad, show him how to do uh, the other ones, you know. Yeah. But, But, yeah.
2: It's it's so, a weird situation and it's like it, it just two or three snake, two or three new species can throw the entire wrench in the works and change everything. And, um, it's just the way it goes, dude. And, um, it's weird.
1: Yeah. So I'm going to like, you know, I was talking to Rob about it earlier, but like for me right now, you know, I'm kind of like, I'm going to, Like, you know, everything that I do, it's always like I bite off as much as I possibly can. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like, oh, I'm going to do. It's like there's no like jumping in the low end and working your way to the deep end. It's like, oh, I'm going all in, you know. And Mm -hmm. I think one of the things I also learned is like, you know, you know, if you're going to work with a new species, then get the species, get it in, get it established and kind of kind of pay attention to that for a little while before you move on to something else, you know? Right. But like in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking like, you know, Oh, what if they close? What if they can't get these anymore? What, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like yeah. you're, you're, you're put in this situation where it's like, Oh, what if, what if all of a sudden Indonesia closes, you know, importing pythons? Are we ever going to be able to get this again? And, you know, maybe this is my only opportunity to get this type of deal. And like, I don't know, there's just things you have to weigh out. Um, but, I'm pretty happy right now where it's at. And plus, I don't know if I can even take care of any more snakes. (laughs) Dude, it's so much. It's so much work. And here's the problem is
2: I'm sitting here and I'm like, man, I am at freaking capacity. I don't want any more freaking snakes. And then I decided to start doing some work to try to figure out where I'm going to be at for breeding season because that is coming. Right. So I, first I check out, I told you I got that albino pine snake right from the pet stop first off all my other pine snakes are southern and this is a northern so that pisses me off because now right. if i want to keep this very pretty albino i have to go get a northern pine snake because <laughs> crossing a northern with a southern is apparently sacrilege so is it, um is it as bad I, as i don't like, know but i don't want to uh. cross the, i don't want to be that guy I want to be gotcha. that guy that's like, I have a working knowledge of pine snakes and I did this. And watched someone just punch me in the at a reptile show. So, you know, there's that. And then I went and I had all the um, blonde Madagascan hognose uh, resexed check.
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
2: Three girls. So it's like, well, that's a problem. So oh boy. I'm like, all right, I'll contact this so-and-so and I'll get a boy. I contacted him and I'm like, yeah, I need a boy, and he goes, yeah, I got you. By the way, I have the other kind, and I'm like, what other kind? And he's like, the speckled ones, and I'm like, ah, uh, <laughs> the I, whole I set. Bit,
0: I did a very bad. I did a very bad thing.
2: Ah. <laughs> so I did a very bad thing. I am at capacity, and somehow three snakes are coming. I'm like, what <laughs> did I just
0: do? <laughs>
2: so <laughs> I'm like, crap. <laughs> it's like, so I'm sitting here, and I'm like, I, I got to move some babies, <laughs> you know. And 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 here's the other thing is that I ordered uh, a rack of 41 quart from Animal Plastics, like mm-hmm. two months ago. <laughs> I'm like sitting here going, all right, any so day just now. to get it in,
1: in December. <laughs> oh,
2: Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> you going to pick it up for you, Tinley? <laughs>
2: well, no, I didn't do that. Well, maybe. I mean, it's <laughs> like, I don't know if they'll do that, but um Why not? it's just like, yeah, well, I mean, I, I ordered it and I ordered it for shipping and I figured it'd be here before October, but here we are.
1: So, oh, silly man, you.
2: They
0: <laughs> I, I said eight to 10 weeks, all right? That uh. website
2: is a lie. <laughs> So it's like I, I want to get that going, but all those cages that are coming, all those tubs, they're already filled. I mean, they're like I have animals that are in 32 quarts that can't be in 32 quarts much longer. That's like all those bins are filled, and I have – this is when it's like people start churning out uh, adult breeders because they need space. I'm like, God, I understand those people now. It's like this is insane. So
1: I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's like you know, I, you 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 want to you want to work with all these things, and then you're like, oh yeah, yeah, I can do this, yeah. I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, and you're like, oh wait a minute, I, maybe I didn't think yeah. this out as
2: good as I should exactly. Have.
1: Well, you know,
2: it's like it's like my retic is downstairs in the snake room, and she's taking up a three foot cage right now, and I'm getting a, a a nice big cage to set up in my office. To get her out of the goddamn snake room because I can't have her in a three foot cage taking up taking up a spot that could be used by something else. It's like you got right. like you got to get the hell out of the room. You're not you're not part of the breeding pool. Get get out of here. So right. it's like and that's pretty much where it's going. Where it's like is if space if space is such a commodity, when do you give up on an animal, a project, or something along those
1: lines? So, in the past, I've I've ran into this multiple times. So yes, I mean you've you've seen how many times I've been in and out of scrubs. You know, I've had some amazing scrub pythons, and I've sold them. Uh, then I get back into sure. them. Then I Drop sell them. them, them then house. I get back yeah. into them. You know, and really it comes down to exactly that. You know, it's like oh well, I have this project, and then all of a sudden some new. uh, carpet Python will show up or some new morph will become available or something will become available that, you know, you never thought it would be. And you're like, okay, well, you know, this is where I always struggle with, you know, when I hear guys talk and girls talk on the, on podcast about what they keep and all. And it's like, I really, really, really respect people that can have such a strong focus, you know, yeah. like, they're just focused like a laser beam on, on, what they do and and nothing can sort of like take them out of that focus um whereas like i i kind of go through these moods to where like you know one week i'm really, really and and people can probably tell from like when i'm on the what show the episodes like, are. <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 you can see Who i, the I guests mean are, yeah. it's pretty transparent you know and it's like we don't hide them, you know yeah. a couple times i've had guests where I've lined up the guest, and, you know, we're like a month or two months out and we have it yeah. all lined up and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm really excited about it. And then sometimes by the time we get to the guest, it's like, that's, that it's kind of past, so to speak, you know what I mean? Right. So it's kind of like, I'm not really as excited about that anymore. You know, that's we're excited great. about that's it as I was, you know that's what I mean? It's great to
2: throw that out there for future guests on our podcast. It's awesome. You're doing a great job. <laughs> Please yeah. continue. No but,
0: <laughs> no, but it's like <laughs> Yeah, right.
2: I know, I know. It was in the forefront and now it's kinda of moved back a little. So I get right. that. You know, and right. that's just what it is. But I mean, I'll also say that there are certain things that always keep coming to the forefront. So I'll put it this way. Let me let me rephrase. Right now I have downstairs I have two retired breeders and I have a red tiger carpet that will very quickly in the next I'm sorry, I have two red tiger carpet pythons that very quickly in the next three years will be replaced by better tiger carp red tiger carpets, right. How long do you hold on to these animals, or do you hold on to these animals?
1: I have a hard time with that because when it comes to my carpet pythons uh, because you know. I don't look at them as just the breeding stock breeder stock. You know, these are animals that I truly appreciate them for what they are. Okay. And it just, it keeps, it keeps taking me back to the idea of, you know, why no matter, no matter what I get excited about, it always, always comes back to carpet pythons for me, you know, no Mm -hmm. matter what, it's always like, I can like kind of get, not that I get bored, but you know, it, for whatever reason, it kind of, you know, it's not the flavor of the week, you know, it's right. like the deal and you get excited about something. And I like the idea of working with other things because it, 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 it raises my knowledge and awareness of how to work with pythons, you know, um, what makes this one tick and what's different about this one than that one. But, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like at the same time, it's like, you know, there comes a point where you have to like, you have to sort of focus to a certain extent, you know? And yeah. like, you know, if I'm planning on selective breeding stuff, there's going to be a lot of holdbacks. I mean, I talk to Nick all the time and you talk about his bread lie and stuff like that. And like how many you've talked to him about this. I'm sure he's talked to you about it. And like how many he's held back of this one. And he's like, I have, Mm. you know, 14 adults of this and 20 adults of that. And like, you know, I don't know. I, I guess at the end of the day, it comes down to like, I got to take care of these animals, so let's make sure that they're animals that I enjoy working with and that right, I'm going because, to continue to be excited about. I mean, if you hated working with them, what the fuck is the point?
2: So, you know, that's where it kind of goes. Well, with. But y- sometimes
1: we preach on the show that you don't want to see a species lost. And like, you know, sometimes True. like for myself, True. I feel like I have to take on this. um campaign of like, Oh, well, we have to make sure that this doesn't get lost in the hobby, you know? And like, you know, and it's like, do I really love this animal? No, not as much as this one, but I also can appreciate what this is and hopefully one day, um, you know, somebody maybe will be excited about it. And like, you know, I guess my African rocks are probably a good example of that. Um, but, Mm -hmm for all the other, so like, so there's, there's kind of categories for me. First, there's the carpet pythons and Morelia. So when I talk about that, I'm talking about like, you know, even lumping scrubs and, you know, maybe one day Bolins and all that kind of stuff into that group, right. You know, carpet pythons being at the top. And then, you know, I think the next group for me is probably that really like, kind of like, I think is an awesome to keep and like really fascinates me is the Liasis group, you know, the genus, yeah. you know, Macklots and olives. And they're just, they're just, they're, they're similar in keeping them, uh, as, uh, you know, carpet pythons, but at the same time, different, something different, you know, and, yeah. uh, really cool animals. Another one for me, like a group would be like the rock pythons. So like berms, Afrox, you know, the Sri Lankans to me, that's, that's friggin' awesome. Like I'm more drawn to them than I am to retics. Yeah. So if I had to choose between keeping a big snake, sorry, retics you would lose because there's just something about, you know, berms, you know, for me and, and things that look like that. So.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, and I'll admit, I mean, it's one of those things where you have certain animals that are in your collection where it's like, maybe these, maybe I'll never breed these, but I think getting rid of them would uh, set you back to square one, but I'm like, as far as retired breeders, I can't bring myself to get rid of my my three that are retired breeders, like, I cannot, it's like, I, I just can't. So, they're with me till they're dead. Um, so, that'll be how it goes. But, um, you know, I have those two red tigers. I mean, eventually they will be replaced. So, does it get to the point where your cage space is so bad that you let those two animals go? Pretty much sign to the fact that you will not produce any red tigers until that the next pair is ready to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, hmm. it's a decision. It's something that, you know, I may be forced into taking because with all the exanic and Carmel stuff I'm doing, those animals need cages. Also, a lot of the side projects, you know, I'm lucky right now because my Timors aren't big enough yet. Yet. Neither are my Macklots. Neither's my two female Macklots pythons, but they're getting mm-hmm. there. Um, I've pretty much assigned all males to 41 court bins, but you know, I'm still running out Mm -hmm. of cages here. So it just, where it goes. So,
1: so here's the question, what, you know, with you working with different species and you're even working with, you know, at least I'm staying in the Python world, but like, you're going totally outside of that. Like, uh what is it, what is it like dealing with, I mean, do you get involved with the communities? Are you in, in groups to check out those things? Um, <laughs> <or> um, <now? laughs> well I I I mean you you know how you know I
2: plugged I plugged in I am with the collarbid uh community when I produce my corn snakes and I'm like, corn snake ten dollars. I'm like, you right. know, that's the extent of my thing. I mean, when it really comes to the calibrids, I only keep species that I like. I mean right you know, I got my pine snakes. I got my beauty snakes and I got the Madagascan hogs. Like I am trying to keep, uh, I want to keep at least two species of Kingsnake right now. I have four Cali Kings. I'd probably knock that down to two Cali Kings and then go get, I wanted to get Mexican black Kingsnakes, but Uh for some reason they apparently have jumped in price to like $200 a baby. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? So, you know, it's, It is what it is. So I'm sitting here between the, do I want Mexican black king snakes or do I want black pine snakes? Now, if I get black pine snakes, there's a lot of restrictions that come with those guys. And I can't sell out of the state. So what the hell is the point of those? Yeah. But do I really list my colubrids on my website for sale anyway? No, I just bring them to shows and sell them for $10. So I don't know. So there may be some king snake that I want to pick up. And then my corn snakes. My corn snakes Mm -hmm. are kind of out of the way, too, but I have five of them. Eventually, I might want to bring that down, take that down. But um, I'm reluctant to pull proven breeding animals until I start getting other proven breeding animals. You know? Right. If I start getting Madagascan hognos and Vietnamese Blue Beauties to breed, am I really going to need... Five corn snakes, probably not. I'm probably going to be like, or if I do, I'm going to breed the corn snakes and take the babies and put them in a box and immediately sell them for two dollars each or something. I don't care, but um, <laughs> it's it's just that it's the way it goes. And the same thing kind of goes with the carpet pythons, where it's like I have animals growing up, but I don't want to pull the plug on animals that I have currently until those animals are ready and that's kind of hard to do because the animals that are getting ready need the cages that the animals. I don't want to pull the plug on are in right now. So, right.
1: Yeah. That's all. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, as far as adults, you know, usually what I, well, here's usually my plan. I just give Mm. them to you. (laughs) I know. And that's
2: annoying. You know, you gave me that tiger, and she blows the tiger I currently have out of the water. And she bred this year. So I'm looking at this red tiger. I'm like, the only reason you're still here is because you're red and she isn't. Like, you know, that's the only reason. Because I I wanted to produce some red tiger babies. But I have perfectly striped red tiger male coming up that's going to blow my male that I currently have out of the water. And then I have that red tri-striped tiger that's a sister to the one I gave you. Yep. She'll be, she'll be ready soon. Right. You know, so it's like, eventually this animal will be replaced. So it's like, you're sitting there and you're thinking, all right, I'm going to try breeding you this year. If you don't breed this year, I I, I might pull the plug. I mean, I sold the one normal tiger that I had after you gave me that one tiger because the tiger you gave me was way better. Right. So why keep two?
1: Yeah, well, you know how long I kept the uh, stripe breadle bread project, so you know how how much of a hard time I have letting go of I know. things like that, you know. And I guess that's yeah. maybe the difference between doing it as a business and doing it as a hobby. I mean, if I was doing it as a business, you know, you those decisions yeah, when you, you kind of have plug? to make those decisions, you know. It's like, yeah. okay, well, this isn't bringing income in for me. Um get it out. You know. And speaking of it, you know, I got something I want to ask you. Do you really see any more people that do this for the money? Is that something that – or is that something you just say? Like, um, meaning – you know how, like – I mean, we've said it on the show, too. Like, it's all about the money and, you know, blah, blah, blah. You think you're going to get rich selling snakes and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, like – Right. Do do you see that anymore? Because I don't know if I see Uh, that anymore. Or maybe I'm just not looking –
2: I'll admit I see people that almost have – it's almost like people have get-rich-quick schemes when it comes to reptiles. So they're in it, and they're in it, and they have passion projects, and they're involved, but then they have like the crazy I'm going to make money project over here. It's It's like I have all my carpet pythons, and I have all my chondros, but over here. I heard that Nerd was doing a great deal where you get like a whole rack of ball pythons. So I'm gonna buy them. I'm gonna breed them, and I'm gonna sell all the babies real quick. And it's like, really, that doesn't make any goddamn sense. And that's you know whatever. So right. it, it's like that. You have the people who have the get rich quick schemes, and some of them work and some of them don't. I, I find that if for to say that somebody's in it for the money is very unrealistic because nobody really, in, unless you're creating a business and it's a dealer importer slash breeder business, you, you're not, I mean, it, it might be an uphill struggle for you and it might not be for the money. I mean, if you're, let me put it this way, if you're the kind of person that is getting like a crate full of turtles, bringing them to the show, like after they got off the plane <laughs> um, Friday night, bringing it to the show Saturday, cracking open the top of the crate, and then selling the turtles fresh out of the crate, you may be in it just for the money. I, I, I hate to break it to you, yeah. but you might be in it just for the money. Um, but,
1: but most of here's the people, my, I don't think that's what drives them. Here's my question, though. Do you know yeah. somebody like that? Do you know somebody that, that that's like that? I
2: I don't know them personally. I know I've seen these people. I mean, do you know of people that are like that?
1: Yeah, I guess maybe I'm. Yeah, there's there's. At the red spot.
2: I mean, there's this guy in Philly. Um, he breeds bloods. So I don't trust him. Um, I think he's <laughs> just in it for the money.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. he he a shady character. For the money. Yeah, he's in it just for the money. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. But I just no, I heard I, that I heard that question pop up, and I was thinking about it, and I'm like you know, if I'm really thinking about this, do you really see anybody that really does it for them? And maybe it's because I've pulled away from like social media a lot. And I don't, I don't really pay attention to that as much as I used to. It's almost at the point where I'm not, I don't even really check Facebook anymore. I just kind of go to Instagram and look there. Right. Well, Um, I
2: will say that, you know, a lot of times when we see the people who are doing it just for the money, it's usually when a new morph has popped up in an animal that morphs normally aren't in anymore or have not been in like I would say the last time I really saw people who were in it just for the money would be back when zebra first emerged because that's when people were buying up every jungle they possibly could get to breed to their zebra male and then when that didn't really explode or when it took a certain number of years I would say that I've not seen anybody because usually when you think about some guy who's in it just for the money they show up on the scene, they buy a zebra, they buy every single really good-looking jungle, they throw them all in these cages, and they think they're going to just breed them and make a ton of money, and they don't realize that it takes four years to raise up the girls, two years to raise up the boy, and like something happens, like the zebra dies, and they sell everything and leave. Like, you know, right. That is what I would think about, and I have not seen that in a while. I've not seen anybody who really pops on the scene and burns out. So I don't think that's a major motivation for a lot of people in carpet Python. I don't think it's a major motivation for a lot of people uh, in retic anymore. Um, And I would even say that it's not really that big of a motivation for people in ball Python. I mean, I'm pretty sure we're beyond the point of people who think that they can take a rack full of snakes and turn it into a million dollars. I think it's now people realize that it's, it's more to that. And if you are a person who thinks that it's just because you are new and you haven't been integrated yet. And I mean, it's like, after a certain point, you realize that it's not as easy as it sounds.
1: Oh, it's definitely not, you know, it's definitely not something that's easy to do by any stretch of the means, but uh,
0: I <laughs> um, love Warren Grant Man, thanks Warren. <laughs> I'll read that. i read
1: that later.
2: <laughs> go ahead. It's um. But yeah, yeah. You know, like, when that. you guys,
1: I will jump in here real quick. When you guys were talking about the price of black milk, uh, what was it again? Black milk snakes? Mexican black I, king snakes? Mexican black king snakes. Yeah. That the price went yep. up. I'm I'm expecting you to say like five thousand dollars, and you said two hundred dollars, no. and I'm like, come on, man, two hundred dollars? That's a lot for a snake that you like, I would spend $200 on a carpet, and not even think twice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nah, I, I don't know. I guess it's all perspective. It's,
2: it's one of those things where it's like, uh, it, it, it mainly becomes, cause these things are, like I said, always they're cyclical, you know, Mexican black king snakes When I first coming up were uh, all over the place. I mean, I think I got a pair of Mexican black king snakes for 60 bucks each. And they were like jet black. Um, and, You know, I eventually got rid of them because I don't know why I'm stupid. But uh, and they kind of disappeared from herpticulture for a very, very long time. Like they were very rare to find at this show or that show. Now they're everywhere. And I guess it's because it's just people realized that there weren't that many out there. And I guess some guy made some guy who held on to all of his made a good amount of money selling them. And then everybody got them and everybody decided to breed them where people who had them and hadn't been breeding them tossed them together because now they're on every goddamn table. And it's and I would normally be like, sweet, every goddamn table means there's got to be a deal here and so, I'm going to grab me some Mexican Black King snakes. But they're everywhere. And also, um, they're all holding to probably about the 150 to $200 range. Right. Um, but I would also say that the ones that people are trying to sell that have a bunch of white on them. It's like people might be trying to give misinformation about how these things are going to turn all black. And that sometimes isn't true. So with the uptick in sales and popularity comes, you know, the shady side. So,
1: so you just answered the question that I asked before in this. So apparently, you know, like you were saying, these, these king snakes at one point were like very, you know, available. And then all yep. of a sudden for, for whatever reason, you know, uh, they became not available because yep. probably because something else became the flavor of the week and, mm-hmm. you know, people move this stuff out because they're like, no, I want to work with this. So maybe this is where people are doing it for the money because they're not doing it for what they want. What yeah, they want to do? They're doing it because. So you have this guy. You have somebody, right? Somebody at some yeah. point must have kept these Mexican black king snakes. Mm-hmm. Shit. I- Fucked it up again. You're, what are they? You're again? doing good. know,
2: you know, it's okay. Mexican black king snake. You're good.
1: So they yeah. keep these Mexican black king snakes because you know they just dig they them. Like they They think it's the coolest yeah. thing ever. You know, and they don't give a shit if they're worth fifty bucks or twenty bucks yeah. or whatever. They're just going to keep them or you know keep them going because honestly, let's be honest. What's cooler than a all black all snake? black snake? It's I know. <laughs> Regardless of what it is, an all black snake is pretty badass. So you know you have you have this uh, guy and he's breeding them and breeding them and breeding them and you know he's just sitting back and he doesn't do reptile shows or whatever and he sells them for 20 bucks and now all of a sudden they they spike and now nobody that gave two shits about them now all of a sudden want them on their table because that's what's popular and it's the flavor exactly. of the week and everybody jumps into them and you create now the 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 rush know, on it the yeah. demand is 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 met so now yes. nobody wants them anymore. So I guess people and I would, still do uh, do it for the money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. There
2: you go. And I would also say that it's the potential of the fact that a lot of people who are into the black pine snakes, now that the black pine snakes are restricted and can't be sent to, first off, they can't be even bred in captivity in their native range. Cause, right. Uh, so if you're in anywhere where these things are native, you can't. if you have them, you're not even allowed to breed them. Um, right. if you are in a, if you breed them if you're in a state that ha, that doesn't have them, you're allowed to breed them and you're allowed to to gift them to people. Uh and so I think you can maybe sell even them. sell them in certain I think maybe sell them in certain states. But okay. you they're not allowed to leave the state that they were born in. So okay. even if I got black pines and I bred them, they couldn't leave Pennsylvania. So what yeah, the hell but is you the would point? have no
1: pro you would have no problem selling I them in Pennsylvania, right? Have
2: no, well, I mean, I would probably have no problem the first year. But but how many times do I sell Mexican how many times do I sell black pine snakes to the same people?
1: Also, well true, but at the same time, hopefully more people are coming into the hobby.
0: Why? True, but I can't bring him
2: oh, them to, well, if I bring them to a hamburg show, I gotta say, well, let me see your license because ah. how do I know you're not from New York, New Jersey, Virginia? Stuff like that. So it gotcha. comes with that. Do I really want to do that? So Say I really, 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 really dig Black Pine Snakes. But right. th- now all the bullshit has come down on Black Pine Snakes. What's the next big thing? All Black Kingsnake. Okay. I used to say the popularity for Mexican Black Kingsnakes isn't also kind of rising due to the restrictions and the downturn of Black Pine Snakes. I don't know. Maybe it's something to look at. So there's a lot of things that could be going here. I mean, I would... Love to get a pair of Mexican black king snakes, and I probably will. Um, and it's just the way that I'm very picky about them. I want mine to be jet black and not have a single scale of white on them. So I'm probably going to pay a pretty penny, which I'm okay with. But you know, do I wish they were sixty bucks? Of course, because I'm a cheap asshole. But you know, it's uh, I, I, it, it's also going to be one of those things where eventually they will go the other way and we'll stop seeing them all over the place. I mean, I, I wanted a nice pair of Mexican black king snakes ever since I got rid of my previous pair. So, right. and I just haven't found them, haven't seen them at reptile shows. And now all of a sudden they're everywhere. But the price is almost what I paid originally. So right. what are you going to do?
1: Yeah, I guess, I guess for me, I guess why I think the way I was thinking at the beginning, when I asked the question is I just don't keep things that like, I would never, and maybe it's because I don't do it full time. And this is what always worries me about doing full time. is like, you know, I would never go out and get something because I thought that, I was gonna be able to like, I'm gonna sell this. I'm gonna make tons of money because everybody wants it and it's the hot thing. Even when I was buying carpet pythons, but you know, just getting into them and like get my collection together. Yeah, dude, you know how much money I lost in carpet pythons. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) dude, tons. You know, far too much. Yeah, for one you know, I'm buying these, you know, cutting edge morphs and I'm not raising them up as fast as everybody else. So I'm not the first one to the table to have, you know, uh, albino caramel zebras or, you know what I mean? Like, so it's like, I, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I never looked at it. I guess I just don't have that perspective, but, and, and most of the people that I deal with aren't looking at it the same way either. I mean, you know, out of the carpet pythons, you know, I, I personally like, um, You know, probably the poplin carpets the best, and right now they're worth dog shit. You know, they're out of all of them. I seen somebody selling them the other day for sixty bucks, and it's like, I'll sit on them before I sell them for sixty bucks. I don't care.
2: And that's the thing is, like, like you said, we don't do this as a living. You know, a lot of times, let let me put it this way: if 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 a guy has a table full of Mexican black king snakes and corn snakes and all this other stuff. Nine times out of 10, he did not breed those. I mean, he bought the clutch. And right. that's fine. You know, that's that's whatever. So sure. we never had the mentality of, I need to get these because I know they'll sell. And I know they'll right. sell quick. Or I know it's right. what people want. So, you know, right. I don't I don't care. Like, I'll sit there with my dirty carpet pythons and my weird-looking corn snakes and my lab albino cow kings. I don't give a damn what they sell for. So, right. you know, it is what it is. And if there's an uptick in popularity, cool. If there's a downtick in pop- popularity, whatever. So I, I kind of almost prefer the downticks because then I can go get all of the things I want and not care about whatever the people think. And then you know it's when the uptick happens and I'm like, crap. So I have to I have to wait and for everything to drop in price. So right.
1: Yeah, I mean, even with that, like I again, I go back to you know, when I was getting into carpet bite, I mean, I didn't be, I'm not going to, I was never in the mindset of, Oh, well, uh, you know, I'll just wait till this gene comes down and, you nah, know, or wait nah. till this subspecies comes down. Like, you know, with inland, inland carpet, this is another example. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I remember what was the first price they came out was a four grand each for, yeah. uh, when they were first produced in the U S and it was like, yeah. You know, I I sat back, I thought about it, and I was like, "God damn it, I really want them. I don't care. Yeah, then go get it. I I, I really want it, you know. And by the time I breed them, they'll probably again another one that'll probably be worth, you know. And that's and that's three hundred bucks. But I'm fine with that.
2: Exactly. If you're fine with it, go do it. If you feel like waiting, wait. It doesn't matter. But understand that the risk that you go by waiting, you know. Let's just say I don't pull the trigger on any of these Mexican black king snakes, and then. I missed the wave, and all of a sudden they become rare as hell and gone. I missed it. It's my own damn fault. Right. You know? it's And that's how it goes. So sometimes you should pull the trigger, and sometimes, you know, you shouldn't. It's just how it goes. It's... Everybody does their own thing. But I I will say that when it comes to certain species, certain genes, if you want it that badly, if you, like, you know, go get it. Don't wait. Just pull the damn trigger. So... Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, which is kind of what I did. Like I saw a snake. Mm-hmm. See, I always had this idea, and this would be my advice if somebody's getting into it: is like if you see something, like first figure out what you want to work with. Yeah. And then if you do, and you you really want to work with it, don't wait. You know, because you always, I was always in this mindset. I've had this thought that, like, you know, okay, you know, Owens producing high con Queensland uh, carpets, right. What and, the hell? Yeah. <laughs> you know, HCQs, right. He's producing these and like, here's this line and this yeah. is awesome, you know, but I don't want to get them, not get them next year. Cause he'll breed them again. But what yeah. happens if you're collect, you know, what if your animals die? What if well, you no, get you're out right of- on it? You sell those animals, you know what I mean? And now well, that's gone. And it's like, Oh shit, I should have got them when I had the chance.
2: Well, it is. I mean, think about it this way. My original HCQs, um, the female, the original female died after she gave a clutch. I had the male, and I bred him to a jag, and that's where I got the HCQ jags. But then the female that was from their original offspring, uh, she bred once, and then she died, and then the male died. So the only HCQs I have, because I have two right now, uh, right. is an H they're both HCQs crossed with red jag. You right. know. So, one probably is, more one,
1: than likely, that line is gone, right? More than I likely, mean, because just, I, well, uh, I have an
2: HCQ JAG, and then I have an, an HCQ. I don't have, and that's it. I mean, and the non-JAG looks stone cold like an HCQ. I mean, she's right. black and yellow. I mean, that's all right. she is.
1: Right. Um, and the
2: male is definitely not looking like any kind of a red jag. He's got a lot of yellow on him. So it's hopeful, but the line is diluted. It, it it It's just because I didn't have any HCQ mail, Right. So that's what it is now. There's red in it.
1: Yeah. Now, see, people, so for me, you know, I think of this and, like, I think of those lines that are out. Like you know, uh, let's take uh, let's take a different line, like the Russian tigers, right? Um, Russian Reds. You know, you have these, you know, tigers. Well, let's you know, the coastals, let's say, right? And really, the cool thing about them for me is not so much the fact that you know that they look badass, but this yeah. line is is possibly a locale. I mean, you can't ever prove it. I get it. You know what I mean. But it's enough for me to say, in my, you know, in my reptile room, like, oh yeah, wow, these, you know, these, these could be Queensland coastal carpets and, you know, they came from this area and, you know, they, they could have and blah, blah, blah. I mean, yeah, I get it. You'll never know a hundred percent, but they did come from a zoo. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's where the Russia comes from because they came from a Russian zoo. So. You know, is that information accurate? Eh, I don't know. But is it any more accurate than, you know, other localities of things that we have that people say that that's what they are? Yeah. Yeah. I I know that there's, you know, certain people, and you go back to some of the the original lines that, you know, some of those lines behind the scenes have, uh, you know, locality, data that you know people just don't know but at the same time it's like i don't know you have you you have something that could be and you know i guess for for somebody like nick who who needs to know like that it is what it is because that's sort of how his collection is based around but for somebody like me eh, you can sort of take like i would never go and say that these are x you know, locality, coastal carpet Python, but it's cool for me. You know, I can be like, wow, that's yeah. pretty cool. So well, I don't know.
2: And 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 it comes through where it's like you don't ever want to lose the line and you don't ever want to kind of, like I said, I, it definitely pissed me off that I ended up having the only thing I could breed to her was a red jag. Um, but I still got the bones of it and maybe it might not be a good line to have separate but you know sure. i keep looking at your citrus stuff and i'm like i don't know i take that hcq red jag and i throw it to a citrus tiger who the hell knows what would come out of that you know probably so, something really cool it's probably something fucking trippy but you know yeah. it, there's there's that kind of stuff and it's you know it, it's everybody's collection is to their own i mean you just kind of got to feel it out and do what you want to do so
1: I think that's the thing, man. That's the thing that's most important. And I think that's sometimes where people get lost in this, you know, this whole thing is like, and and that's sort of what I'm saying in a nutshell. It's kind of like, you know, over the years I've learned that I'm just going to keep what I like and, you know, this is what I really dig. And uh, I don't care if it's worth money or not, but, you know, at the same time there's certain things that I keep that, you know, they're not as high up on my, you know, list of things that absolutely have to, things that have to happen now yeah you know have to have yeah but um you know i worry about things like you know like you know scrub pythons is an example like if indonesia shuts down like are we ever going to be able to get halmahara scrubs Mal- maluccan yeah. scrubs you know stuff like that like yeah. they could be lost there's only a few people out there that are really you know working with them and you know it would be a shame if that just kind of disappeared you know yeah, I don't know.
2: I mean, and I'll say that you know, if any of my bitching comes, it's because that like I want these things and everybody has run up and bought them and now they're I can't get them. That's my only purpose here. I mean, what was it? After I got glitch, I was able to go get like an adult female macrolots because it was just there on Kingsnake. It had been forever, you know. Right. And now, now I can't find the goddamn things. It's like. Because the popularity has gone up. Plus, like we talked with Cameron, the, uh, in, the because they weren't popular, they stopped importing them. So they maybe the quota got got slashed. So it kind of goes hand in hand with that kind of stuff. So
1: and then they um, do become popular because nobody exactly because
2: they're rare. And why are <laughs> right. they rare? Because nobody bought them before. It's like it's a stupid. Yeah it's, like it's this, like, yeah. it's crazy. It, it, it is. It's It's really dumb. And it's kind of what's got me into the, I don't want to sell any of the projects that I have anymore because, right. you know, I would sell these things and then I, cause I'd be like, I wouldn't have, I'd, I'd need a quick fix of money or I'd be overwhelmed with something. And then I'd sell these things. Then I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to get back into it. And then I would try to get back into it at like the worst possible freaking time. And I wouldn't be able to find them all. Like, uh, I, I tried getting back yeah. into corn snakes when China had originally opened their importation. So all the corn snakes were bought up and sent to China. So I couldn't find any goddamn corn snakes for a while. You know, right. it's, it is what it is. So yeah. I have bad timing all the time. <laughs>
1: Well, I guess that's what I'm saying. Like, if you see it, that, you know, that's sort of been my approach. Like if you see it and it's available and you have the money then jump on it. And yeah. you know what I've done multiple times is sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes it wasn't what I thought it would be. And I move on from that. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you try something and you're like, eh, I don't know if this is really something that I, I really dig, but you know, that at least you tried it and gave it a shot, but I guess I get, yeah, I guess, people still do it for the money man i like, i you know or the the thought of money you know yeah it's like uh is that why ring pythons all of a sudden became popular you know what i mean well, like people are like oh well these are going for a thousand bucks a piece like
2: yeah well, or or probably because you know ring pythons became popular because they were gone it's like at one point there were apparently ring pythons so prevalent that they were like given away at shows, like it, it just happened. So people stopped breeding, which right. resulted in people selling animals to either people who didn't know what they were doing and losing animals, or you know people right. who had a pair and the male died and this that and the other thing. So it eventually, came down to there weren't that many people with breeding pairs anymore. So those right. people started breeding again, and those animals became more popular and they hit the market again at a really expensive price. So then people wanted these things because you didn't see them they were rare and if you bred them you could sell the babies for this much holy crap i got to get these things and now they've just been burning and that's kind of what ring pythons have been going at uh for a couple years now i mean right ring pythons seem to be one of those things that have not really they've not they haven't really i, I kind of thought they would get saturated at some point but you know they kind well, of right? well they're hard yeah, to breed well
0: they're hard to i guess breed, i don't know
2: so harder I guess I don't know yeah. so and it's just one of those things where I mean I know you were talking about the Russian Reds and how you kind of take the lines for granted and stuff like that where I know everybody's taken a Russian Red Tiger and bred it to either a tri or another Tiger no one's ever right. just done Russian Red to Russian Red
1: except Mike
2: except for Mike but back, see that's what back, I would I do
1: that uh, that that would be my that's, approach. That's,
2: that's what I'm going to do. I have a pair of Mike's Russian Red Tigers.
1: Right. And
2: they're only going to go to each other and that's the whole point.
0: You yeah, know, and I want to be
2: there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sit I want to sit there one day and have Russian Red Tigers next to, you know, classic bone colored tigers because I have that project too, next to Red Tigers, next to Exanic Tigers, next to super caramel tigers, you know. Right. That's what I'm gonna do. Can't help with that over here. No, you can't. So um, it's uh, it's just the way it is. So y it, it you? You kind of hope for the lines to stay separate and keep alive, but sometimes you lose them, and it sucks. Yeah. And you know, you just go forward with it.
1: But for sure. Yeah. Um. So we have like ten minutes left. I did put on uh, the title that we would talk about some, uh, some li- you know, like reptile keeping hacks. So Tid- I'm going to give this little tidbit, and then you can give one maybe if a you tidbit. have uh, right, yeah, yeah, a yeah, little right. tidbit of info. <laughs> Actually, yep. I have two. Go ahead. Uh, first one's going to be for uh, water bowls. Um, <laughs> you know, I keep – I use a 16-ounce deli cup because yeah. it just makes it super easy when you're dealing with a large collection. So when they're in little six quart tubs, when they're little, they don't, they're not knocking them over. They use them as a perch, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but as they get older, you know, that's, you know, the knocking it over and tipping it over. So what I use is, is that there is a, they call it like a, like you could buy it at a restaurant store. It's uh yeah. it's not like, it's not like the crock that you would see that, you know, like dog bowls or like yeah. animal bowls or whatever. It's got like the blue inside. These are just like white crocks that you would put like. Think of it like if you got some French onion soup and it would yeah, be like a, that.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a souffle dish or something like that. Yeah.
1: ramekin. Yeah, Thank ramekin. You. Yeah, exactly. Ramekin. Thank you. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, I found them at Target. Uh, and they were like, they were like three bucks and, you know, they come in a couple different sizes, but they are perfect for that 16 ounce deli cup. And it just makes, you know, changing water and having to do that. Oh, so much easier, you know, um, especially when you have a sink in the room and you got a hose hooked up to the sink you can just go and take out the, uh, the old ones. You throw the, you get a, you get yourself like a painter's bucket and I just kind of like dump the waters in. I go through, I put a new like cup in each thing. And then I just fill it real quick. Boom, 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 Done, 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 Um, So that's that. And then, mm-hmm. you know, keeping documents uh, keeping um, whether it'd be you know uh, you want to keep uh lineage or pictures or in, in, information on your animals or whatever. Yeah. There's the reptile apps like Reptiscan and there's a Herp hub and something else right. and all that kind of stuff. But uh, one thing that I would recommend is there's an app called Evernote and Evernote is like this thing where I, I think of it like a digital brain. So it's like my digital brain when it comes to not only reptiles, but just for life in general, but like mm-hmm. the cool thing about the, the Reptiscan is you can set up like individual notebook or not Reptiscan Evernote. You can set up individual Evernote, notebooks, yeah. right? And you can have these notebooks and you keep this information in there and there's a free uh, one. And then there's a paid subscription, which is like five bucks a month or something like that. And mm-hmm. in the, in the, the five bucks a month like space is unlimited but even if you get the free one still you're not gonna you're not gonna fill up the space if you're just using it for what i'm talking about so i have like these copy books or they call them notebooks set up right so i have a notebook for like my breeding season i'll have Mm -hmm. a notebook for like the animals that i have for sale Um, i have a notebook for you know, lineage. I have a notebook for animals that I see as I'm, you know, going through the internet or whatever. And if you like, you know, it makes it really, they have this thing called a web clipper that's kind of attached to the app or whatever. And I can just like go and I see something I like, I clip that, I save it right, it goes right to the Evernote and there it is. Um, You can take pictures right in the app. You can you can take pictures of like post-its and papers and all kinds of like, for instance, when Nick sends you an animal, Nick Mutton sends you an animal and he sends mm-hmm. this little like sticky note that comes along with it. And there's an ID on that sticky note. Well, you know, you're probably not going to keep the sticky note for whatever, but when I get that animal in, I, you know, I make a note in the notebook of the animals that I got and I'll take a picture of that and it comes out real nice. And it looks, it looks like, it looks, you could print it out and it would look just like the, the picture that you took. Um, okay. but you know, the, yeah, he saves them all. Hmm. So yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the cool thing about that is, is that it's all there and it's all in your phone. I can access hmm. it on my computer. I can access it on my iPad. And it, that information is all there. If I see somebody that's, you know, one of the things that I've also done with this is like, you know, Always looking for lineage of animals and stuff, right? And I'm thinking about, well, there's no right. more forums, blah, blah, blah. So when I see somebody that's doing a real cool pairing or something that is like maybe somebody would be interested down the line, I just, you know, clip those pictures of those parents and I save it in there, you know, 2018 uh US UK breeding season of carpet pythons. And then I'll put twenty nineteen breeding season of Australian carpet python breeders and you know, just save that info so that someday if I ever need to reflect back on that, oh yeah, there it is, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um or, you know, just cool snakes. Or if somebody makes a post or something, this is the other cool thing. So if like somebody makes a post and they're talking about something and you don't necessarily have time to read it or whatever. But they have like uh, the Stonewash, of uh, Stonewash post that Nick did was a, is an example. Yeah. So I'll just take that post and boom, it just saves it right to there. So I got the picture and I got what he wrote. So then at, at any time I can go back and I don't have to look through Facebook or find where he posted it or whatever. You know, I can just go right there. Right and the there. cool thing yeah. is it has an awesome search feature. So you, I could type in. Nick mutton bread lie. And it would show me all the notes that have to do with Nick Mutton lie. You know Bob what him. I mean? So, so anyway, you know, if you're looking for something to try to keep organized and the other cool thing is like when you're in your reptile room and you're, uh, you know, you're just you want to take a note about something or an animal or you're keeping you can even keep a diary if you wanted to do it that way, you know, but you can just it takes really good dictation. So you can talk to it as you're going through. So, like, if I notice that some animal didn't look right or something was weird about it or whatever, um, I'll go and I'll, I'll, I'll hit the thing and I'll record, hey, coastal carpet looks like, uh, you know, the, the they, they look like their face was kind of swollen. Is it in shed or is something else going on here? You know, and then what you can do is you can set a reminder that that app will remind you. Uh, it has like a little feature in there where you can set a reminder. So like in a couple of days, if you want to go back and check it and you know, you forget about it, uh, maybe you wouldn't forget about it, but you know what I'm saying? Like if it mm-hmm. kind of slips your mind, it will pop up on your phone. You're like, oh shit, let me go check it out. You know, and then you can take another picture and then you can kind of look at both. Oh yeah, there's really nothing going on there. It just swelled up because they're going to shed. So yeah. Yeah, check it out. Evernote. It's a cool app. I use it obviously for the podcast as well uh, for notes and stuff like that for guest outlines and all that kind of stuff, but it's more than that. So if you're in Tinley Park and you're curious about it and you want to see it, or the next time you see me or whatever, I can show you exactly what I'm talking about on my phone and, you know, people can check it out. So what do you got? All right. Uh,
2: What I got for a hack is I think um, we've, we've kind of, spoke about it a few times, I'm just gonna reiterate it, is the um kind of know different ways to approach feeding your pythons when it comes to uh just just having different stuff. I mean, obviously we've talked about tips and tricks with babies. We talked about the scent markings or the scents that you can get from places like uh Reptilinks, which those are fantastic. But I also say that there are certain Pythons they may not react the same way to a feeding that others would case in point. I have an entire clutch of bread lie. And what I found with bread lie is they're very kind of shy. Uh, and it takes a bit once they start eating they're voracious little monsters, but in the beginning they kind of hesitant away from food on tongs. So I got a few of them to eat on tongs. And then last week I went to feed them and nobody ate. And then yesterday I decided just to open the drawer put the food in and close the drawer and everybody ate. So don't be so rigid when it comes to how you offer food to your snakes. Um, I had a Maclots python that was not eating. And then I left a chicken just straight up in there and they were able to come out in the middle of the night, eat it and then go back to their hide. And now they took a medium rat off tongs yesterday. So, Sometimes it helps to know these tips and tricks. Sometimes it's worth it just to know that if you kind of take a step back and let them be a snake, things work out better. Um, My water python only eats when I go to reptile shows and can buy him live mice. So he eats (laughs) like six at a time, but that's what he eats. So don't be – I would say that I probably stressed out, freaked out, and did a lot more damage to my guys when I was younger, and I thought everything had to eat a white furred – european rat like that was it all other food items are too hard to come by or are too far out there to do and it it really isn't there's a lot of ways to get this stuff it's not that expensive and there are a lot of different things you can feed them i i've seen people feed their snakes drumsticks of chicken that they get from the store so don't be so rigid in thinking that they have to eat something when it, realistically if it's eating who gives a shit what it's eating i don't care i give all my corn snakes and king snakes chickens because chickens are actually cheaper than mice fuck it so right i would say that my hack would say just to be fluid just you know don't worry about it so much i mean like dude my second clutch none of them like half of them were eating half of them weren't i force fed like 18 babies pinkies from a pinky pump Because I was told that's what you had to do. And what I would say is that, you know, after force feeding them for a year, three of them died and then the others took off. Where if I probably had just kind of settled back and went through my whole motions like I do now, like I offer food and then they don't take it. Then I try scenting the food. They don't take it. Then I literally cut the head off of a chick and give it to them and see if that takes that. And then after that, then we move on to live. After live, then uh, I'm going to try to do one force feeding of a rat tail, and then we'll see if you survive or not. But, you know, right. I would say just kind of take a step back and try to feel out the snake yourself. So.
1: Very nice. I like it. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, um, okay. All right. So. Then. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. There's two uh, tips of advice for you. Um, uh, next week, well, we don't, uh, don't have it definitive yet, so we'll hold off on that. So, um, got you. Yeah, let's uh, let's wrap it up and roll out. So, for us, com, Our info, uh, our email is info at com If you're interested in uh, contacting us uh, for whatever reason. Um, so check it out. You can follow us on our Facebook page, uh, at Morelia Python radio. Um, and yeah, uh, if you, uh, so I'm gonna, uh, I'm trying to recommend every week, uh, you know, a couple of groups or whatever. Um, but if you're interested in just like checking out cool pictures and, you know, a little bit of uh talk every once in a while, but for the most part, it's just kind of like, uh, guys showing off, uh, their collections and stuff of different Morelia, but that's Morelia pick of the week. Um, Mm -hmm. check it out. Uh, then, uh, you know, that's kind of our home base, so to speak. And got a lot of people that are sort of like coming over there to sign up and, and whatnot, which is, which is pretty cool to, to see it continue to grow. Um, so for myself, um, I'm going to say, um, uh, eb morelia is uh is my uh website and uh slowly but surely we're getting it's kind of like owen is uh working it up to get it to where it was because you know you know my whole fiasco with it crashing and everything but uh, i do have available animals up there you know i don't know man do you sell animals more on your website facebook or instagram it seems like it instagram is
2: a is like, mixture yeah it is a mixture because dude it's like i sold Two snakes off Instagram just by posting pictures of them and saying, hey, these snakes are for sale. I posted – I had a bunch of stuff go off the website. I had a few things go off Facebook. I had everything that I had on the morph market go in the span of like two weeks after like I'd set that thing up and left it there. Like nothing was going on there. So it it really just depends. I mean it really does. I've had stuff go off Kingsnake, Facebook. My website, the Morph Market, it's like if it's out there and people see it, I don't know where the hell they're going to grab it from. But the best thing to do
1: would be to toss it out there. Right. Yeah, I'm slowly moving away from Facebook and, you know, being finding myself more and more on Instagram because I don't have to deal with deal with the. uh, Not so much the drama in the snake world, because I steer away from that (laughs) anymore. I I don't really give a shit. Um, yeah, we don't post anymore. <laughs> so just... just like just now like, you know, I have Facebook up because obviously we have the chat and all that stuff going yeah. on, but like if I see one more goddamn thing about Nike, I swear to god.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Come on, man. I'm like, gonna I get burn it.
2: My Ni- I'm I'm going to burn my Nike shoes. You you, you pay for those. They don't... Right. <laughs>
1: yeah. Whatever. <laughs> oh, man. I get it. You know, but we're so divided on everything, and you can just see it so much on Facebook. And people yep. that don't know anything about anything are talking, and it's just like a platform for people that shouldn't talk, talk, talk. You know what I mean? It's just, uh, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Anyway. Yeah, I just, whatever. And, it, and, you know, you're like, you're kind of friends with somebody, and then you're like, oh, my God, you really are an Holy asshole.
2: crap, man. dude. <laughs> and now I'm sure people think
1: the other way, too. You know, that's why I of try course. to, like,
2: not, I don't uh, post I'm not putting anything serious up there. I'm not nah. going to post anything serious up there now. now. Nah,
1: nah. You won't nah. see me involved in those conversations. Not I'm done. Yeah. Now. I'll be labeled I'm the cool. old guy. They'll be like, I'm you cranky old, old man. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm too old for that shit.
1: Right. So, all right. Uh, yeah, EB um that's me. Oh. Uh, shit.
2: In the what? calendar. Calend- Riley just texted about the calendar. We'll get.
1: We'll. We'll do the yeah, calendar we'll, tomorrow. Yeah, we'll post yeah. it up and we'll get it together, yeah. and then uh, we'll we'll announce it either on the next show or the show after that. So got it. But remember, I'm looking for some. Uh, I'm looking for people to give me or Owen send one of us a message about like what you think the calendar uh, should be. I think it should like,
2: be I think all dressed up snakes. So all the snakes have to be wearing
1: hats And top hats.
2: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah we're going to call this the fancy year
1: yeah. <laughs> there's the normal corn snake and then there's the fancy and the corn fancy snake. corn snake <laughs> you, you pay extra
2: for the fancy corn snake that's right that's uh, that's how that works so
1: right so eb morelia i'm about due for a youtube episode yeah i've been putting that off too because it's just uh the time man. but <laughs> i don't know i got off tomorrow maybe i'll uh i'll, I'll, I'll get that going uh yeah, well we tried no cell phone shots before and that seems to not work. No for one people. listens. They don't, they don't friggin' it's understand hard, it. They don't take pictures like you, not you and me.
2: Riley. It just, it's hard enough to get people to not take it in a bin with like yeah. aspen
1: bedding, alright? Come on. Yeah. And then, you know, poor Darwins or Inlands, you know, it's like one person post and they just lose by default, <laughs> you know, which they usually have really nice animals, but, you know, I'm just they do. it's not like, yeah. So anyway, Eric at EBMorelia.com is my email. I have, <laughs> uh, like I said, available animals over there and yeah, check them out. That's all I got.
2: Uh, what I got is you can go to rogue-reptiles.com. You will find nothing there because it's not up yet, but you can go.
0: Um, <laughs> it uh,
2: should be up by the end of the week. Brand new website. Uh, new animals will be up for sale shortly. I was going to take pictures and list everything up for sale now, but uh, everything is in shed, so you guys are going to have to wait. But that will come up soon. Um, I There's an Oaks reptile show at the end of the month that I might be vending. I'll let you guys know as we get closer to that. Um, and then I will probably be vending the 20th of October Hamburg Reptile Show because uh, it is after Tinley and after my brother's wedding, and I should be able to do that. Um, Other than that, uh, you can also go to Facebook.com, look up Rogue Reptiles, give us a like over there. I haven't posted in a while, but once I start posting on the website, I will definitely post on there. And you can also go to my Instagram, which is my last name, McIntyre, M-C-I-N-T-Y-R-E, oj and you can follow me on that that's all we have for everybody tonight and we'll say thank you all for listening we're going to catch everybody back here next week for some more moralia python radio good night